Now in its third year, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 121 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from chilly and snowy Sandusky, Ohio. Round two of the AFLW is in the books, and all I can say is, holy crap, that was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, the Lions and the Bulldogs were struck with some COVID issues, so neither one of them were able to play in round two. This necessitated restructuring the fixture a little bit and sending Carlton down to Geelong in order to play in the uh, hastily planned first annual Prespacus Cup match. We'll get to that in a moment here. But after two rounds, we've got four clubs that are 2-0, and and they do, in fact, look like the class of the comp. The Lions are chomping at the bit to get back out on the grounds and get that bad taste out of their mouth from round one and their loss against the Crows. They're going to get their shot here coming up this weekend against the upstart Gold Coast Suns, but we'll talk about that as well here in just a moment. Now, before we get into recapping the games from round two, I ran across a uh, news article, and it's uh, it. I think that it is uh, trending, if you will, on Twitter, and uh, I've heard some positive things, but then I've also heard an awful lot of negative things as well. But the AFL and AFLW uh, yesterday uh, reached an agreement with a cryptocurrency organization called Crypto.com with them signing on as a major sponsor for both comps for the next five years. Now, I have to be honest with you, I don't know a damn thing about crypto or NFTs or any of that sort of thing. You know, just go ahead and call me Alicia Silverstone because I'm clueless. I don't have any idea about any of it. I know I had a student a number of years ago when these things were first coming around who seemed to spend an awful lot of time on his computer. I don't know, buying or selling, whatever the heck he is, you do with these things here. But supposedly he'd made himself some money doing that. I don't know. But a lot of the people that I've seen on social media uh, are thrilled about the idea of a, an influx of cash into the game. While others are describing crypto.com for reasons I don't know and I've not explored at all as kind of being a group of digital locusts and a scourge on the planet. Now, I've got no opinion one way or the other. Like I said, I don't know anything about it. So I'm going to be channeling my inner Sergeant Schultz from Hogan's Heroes, and I know nothing, nothing. So enough with the really bad metaphors and uh, the half-assed uh, you know, imitation of uh, John Banner there. Let's go ahead and talk about a damned exciting weekend of footy. So let's jump into the games as they happen this weekend. Uh, we're going to start off with the Tigers and the Ds. And the Tigers, when this game started, and again, this was a 3 o'clock in the morning game here in uh, the U.S., which I watched at about 6 a.m., so I watched it after it was done, but I stayed away from social media uh, in order to not be uh, influenced by what the score was going to be. But the Tigers, you know, they, they came out and punched Melbourne right in the mouth. They jumped out to a quick two-goal lead. Uh, but after that, they really, they managed to get, a, if I'm not mistaken, just a single behind. Well, the Ds, they were paced by a pair of goals from three different people, Taylor Harris, Kate Hoare, and Alyssa Bannon. And they went six goals, three to close out the first half. Now, the Tigers, they fought back. You know, they got they got blitzed in the, uh, in the first half, and you could easily see a club decide, you know, okay, we're going to roll over. We got thumped pretty good here. We're not going to be able to catch up. But they came back out in the second half and, and, and scored 
four second half goals. And you might be able to argue that this game was even closer than the 16-point difference. You know, the Tigers are developing into a very solid side. They didn't win a whole lot last year, you know, with Katie Brennan and, and superstar Mon Conti, you know, leading the charge and, and the Hosking twins as well. This is a club that is going to continue to improve this season as it moves along. And I'm, I'm confident that they're going to give some of the top clubs absolute fits. I mean, they, they gave Melbourne a difficult time in this game, even though Melbourne ended up winning by 16 points. And, you know, but the, the Tigers have the making of a pretty good club. And I'm looking forward to seeing where they go in the future. And again, you know, I'm, I'm a cat supporter, but as I, I say week in and week out, I want to see my cats win. But then other than that, I want to watch, uh, depending upon the comp, either eight or six other great games. And I saw a lot of those this weekend, although the cats didn't win. You know, of course, Karen Paxman, you know, 23 disposals uh, on the D side, and they had 10 players hit double digits in uh, disposals. This was an absolutely great start to round two. So good on the D's for jumping out to 2-0. and And Richmond, I know you came out on the short end, but don't hang your head, your head too much there because you played a pretty decent game. Now moving on to the Collingwood Magpies and the Saints. Now the Saints, they spun their wheels for the better part of three quarters on Saturday, managing just two behinds. If you've ever seen the movie My Cousin Vinny, Joe Pesci's character is driving a car that has rear-wheel drive, and it gets stuck in the mud, and the tire just spins and spins and spins and can't get any traction and can't get loose. Well, that happens around here an awful lot with the snow as well. But that's kind of how the Saints were this week. Now, they could have just you know slipped their boots into their bags and gone through the motions in the fourth quarter, but they battled. Okay, They battled hard. They hit the, the scoreboard with two what I call ship-writing goals here because they – they could have, you know, they this club could have just capsized in this game. They were without their their head coach. They, you know, they had a number of players who were were out as well. And again, while they were outclassed on the scoreboard, you know, the Saints they continued to fight. And you know, the Pies they played without both of their captains. Of course, Bree Davy being out, and we talked about her last week being out on the grounds the day after her ACL injury. Um, and Steph Shiachi, the other captain, was missing in this game as well. And Chloe Malloy missed the match because of health and safety protocols, I'm assuming regarding COVID. Uh, so this was a great opportunity for some of the youngsters in the black and white to step up. And Brittany Benici and, and Jamie Lambert, you know, they paced the pies with 26 and 25 disposals, uh, respectively. Benici also had double-digit tackles. But the Saints, interestingly enough, and, and maybe this this is might be a reflection of the fact that the pies held on to the ball much more of the game, but the Saints out-tackled them 60-36. to 36. I mean, that's a huge disparity there. But, you know, the Magpies, they're a serious contender. This is a, this is a good side, okay? And the Saints, there's a lot of similarities there between what Geelong went through last year, kind of what Richmond was going through last year, Gold Coast as well. They're going to take their lumps. But as long as they keep fighting, they keep improving week in and week out, as I'm going to talk about here with the Cats in just a moment. I think that's a positive thing for the Saints going into the rest of 2022 and into the 2023 comp as well. Now let's move on to the uh, the game that nobody saw happening because it wasn't scheduled this week. In fact, I don't believe they were scheduled to play at all this year, if I remember correctly. And that's the Blues making the trip down the road to Geelong to GMBHA Stadium. And uh, both of these clubs were desperate for a win. 
And, you know, on short notice, you know, the, the two sisters, Maddie and Georgie Prispakis, got the opportunity to face off against one another for the first time. Now, the Blues, of course, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit it, I'm a Cat supporter, they are the more experienced side. And in this matchup, it showed. They had 12 players have double-digit disposals. Uh, Karen Harrington had 23. Maddie Prispakis led the club with 29. Rebecca Webster and Amy McDonald paced the Cats with 21 apiece. Now, neither club racked up a whole lot of goals. Okay, there were not there was not a lot of scoring in this game. As much of the game was played in the midfield or just across, you know, clubs forward fifties, but they could not get close enough to the goals in order to uh, to actually bring about any type of a score. Yeah, and and I was thinking about something here, and I I'm just going to toss this out here because this is this has popped into my head. Um, what? What is the you know? I, and I understand the fifty meter arc in the men's comp. But those of you who play golf, we have different length tees for male players and female players. And I, and I hope I'm not going to anger anybody here because I'm asking a, a legitimate question here because I don't necessarily know the answer to this. And, and maybe it's something that people have never thought of before. But, you know, I, I know that when I used to play golf and I don't anymore, I, I ripped my bicep in half uh, about 20 years ago. And I, I just I really struggled to do much of anything with my left arm and I cannot swing a golf club with it at all. Uh, I used to I used to play three, four days a week, but I, I just can't I can't do it anymore because my bicep never healed up. But, you know, the 50-meter arc is a is a hike. It's a long way out for female players, for the women's comp. Would there be any sense, and, I, and I'd love to hear from you on this, if you want to, you know, send me a message over on my website, uh, yankonthefooty.com, or drop me an email about this at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. Would there be any sense to painting a, let's say, for example, a 40-meter arc for the women's comp and having a 40-meter arc rather than a 50-meter. Now, I'm not saying change the entire dimension of the grounds because I like the idea of the grounds being open, but would it would it benefit the game at all to, to, to shorten the distance on the 50-meter arc down to 40? I, I don't know the answer to that, but I'm, at, I'm putting that out there and I'm, I'm just curious to hear what your thoughts are on that. So I'd love to hear from you. But, you know, like I said, neither the, the these clubs, the Blues or the Cats, scored a lot of goals. Um, but I think this was a step in the right direction for the Cats. This is a growing side. Uh, and I, I think it's going to be a while before they're consistently winning contests. Um, as I discussed last year uh, with the guys from the Hawks Talk podcast. And again, the Hawks are coming in next year in the AFLW. Uh, I think cat supporters are looking for the same what they called green shoots, the growth, if you will, uh, that that these hawk supporters were looking for from their men's side last year. So if the cats continue to see growth in this club, you know the hard nosed play is there. That hasn't changed. They're battling hard. You know if they're able to uh, to get the the ball into the forward fifty with more frequency, you know it, they're struggling to find people to score goals right now. Okay, and their top goal scorer from last year plays for the Bulldogs now. Uh, again, still one I haven't quite figured out. But, you know, the Cats, like I said, they're going to continue to, to, you know, put some, put some points on the scoreboard at a, at a slow pace. But, you know, they're, n- they're not going to score a lot. But this is a club that's going to battle you for 64 minutes. They're going to battle them hard. And, and I think this is the way that the Saints are going to be. 
and in some cases, the uh, the Eagles maybe, um, the Suns as well, uh, which is going to lead me into the next game here because I I this game I don't have a horse in this race or a a, a a dog in this hunt or whatever whatever euphemism you want to use. This is this is the episode of bad metaphors and terrible examples and that sort of thing and really really bad uh, sitcom pretend accents there. But the West Coast Eagles and Gold Coast Suns game, on paper, this looked like a game that was going to be the you know the worst game of the weekend. And and I've watched all 13 games so far this year. I've watched every second of every one of the games. And I you know and I've reached out to some people and I and I made comments specifically about this game after it was finished during the weekend because I I, I can't say anything more than holy crap. Um, this was a this was a dynamic, dynamic game. And, uh, you know, I've, I've traded messages with a number of people who still cannot, as they say, they cannot quite get into the women's comp because there's not enough scoring. And, and I understand that. And, and maybe the, the 40 meter arc thing, maybe that changes it. You know, I'm not saying, you know, bring the goalposts closer together, you know, bring it more towards the, you know, the, the, the center square. I'm not saying pinch in the, you know, the wings or anything like that. I'm, I just I'm asking just about the 40 meter arc and maybe having you know opportunity to uh, you know to to take that run up from 40 meters out might lead to more scoring or more speckies down in the goal square, which could lead to some other other types of scoring as well. Just something I was tossing out there, but like I said, this uh, West Coast and Gold Coast game was was likely the least impressive game of the round. When I you know when I looked at the list of games. I thought, okay, well, they're playing. They're going to get this over with, and not a lot of people are going to pay attention. You know, the Eagles are on their uh, their trip into their hub in Victoria for a month. Um, Gold Coast came down for this game. And, you know, the, for much of the first half of this game, it kind of lived up to the anti-hype that I suspected it had. But there's a reason why clubs play, why clubs play four quarters, why there's four quarters in the game. Because the fourth quarter was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. If you haven't watched the fourth quarter of this game and you have access to it and you want to see whether or not the women's game is worthy of your time, please watch the fourth quarter of this game. Please check it out. If you've got the uh, Watch AFL app here in the U.S. or wherever you happen to be around the world and you didn't watch this game, if nothing else, go and watch the fourth quarter of this game because it was it was like a heavyweight fight. Just the fighters just dropping body blows and you know jabs and such one after another at each other. Okay. You know, you got into the fourth quarter, you know, West Coast exploded for you know for three very quick goals at the start of the fourth quarter, and you're thinking, well, this is done. It's over. And Katie Sermon responded with a really great snap to, to bring the, the Suns closer. Uh, Tara Bohanna, she kicked another one 90, second late, 90 seconds later to bring it you know, to within four points. Katie Sermon followed up another 40 seconds later with her second goal in four minutes. And two minutes after that, after Sermon's goal, Bohanna took a fantastic mark behind a whole bunch of Eagles and pounded through another goal. And it was, it just was, it, I, it was amazing. It was amazing. It was, I think that that fourth quarter was on par with any quarter of footy I've watched in in any in any game, whether it be men's or women's, it was that entertaining of a quarter, because it was just 
seesawing back and forth. And again, I know these are two of the, what you might call lesser clubs here, but this was a huge confidence builder for Gold Coast. And in, in some ways it was, it was much the same for the Eagles because they saw and they were able to demonstrate that, you know what, we can put points on the board in a quick fashion as well. Now, maybe that doesn't, maybe they're not able to translate that into a, you know, a game against uh, Adelaide or against Brisbane, certainly not against the uh, Dockers because they've already played them for this year. But it was just an absolutely fantastic matchup, especially in the fourth quarter. Now, I, I made, like I said, I made comments out on social media and, and some people were giving me a hard time about, well, you know, the first half of the game was, was, was not great. And I, and I, I corrected myself. They were right. The first half was a little sluggish. But that fourth quarter was absolutely dynamite, okay? And, you know, you know, Charlie Robottom had a great second game. She had a dozen tackles, 17 disposals. This was a huge win for the Suns. And I, and I honestly, this was the game of the round. I, I had jotted down in my notes that this might be the game of the round. This was the game of the round, okay? And it was, you know, two clubs that people aren't expecting to win a lot of footy. And they played a fantastic game. Now let's move on to Adelaide and North Melbourne. And the Crows did a phenomenal job moving the ball around in, inside the 50 all game long. They had two quick goals in short order in the second period, opening up a, a pretty nice lead against the Ruse, and they just kept the ball inside their 50 time and time again. Uh, you know, Ash Woodland, she had two goals in the first half, a third one in the third quarter, and a fourth to close out the game in the fourth quarter. So that's eight eight goals in eight quarters this year. Now, I don't know about you, but I think I might be noticing a trend here. So you figure they're playing uh, a 10-game schedule, I believe. That's 40 quarters. Is she going to kick 40 goals? If they play three games of finals, is she going to kick 52 for the year? I th- I'm pretty confident that would be a re- you know, record. And, and I doubt she's going to kick 52 goals. But at the pace she's going... She's likely to be the uh, you know the, the leading goal kicker. I mean, she's she's already got a pretty good lead on a lot of the other competitors. You know, so Annie Hatchard and Aaron Phillips. You know, they had twenty nine and twenty three disposals. The Ruse, you know, they were thrilled to get Emma Kearney back in the side, and she didn't disappoint. She had twenty three disposals, ten marks. Ashley Riddell, she led the club with twenty seven. And if you look at the stat sheet, if you go back and you look at the team stats for this game, they were almost identical. Every stat was almost identical. And, you know, the Crows, they bested the Ruse here, but, you know, I'm still holding fast because I predicted when I did uh, two episodes ago, when I did my AFLW preview for this year, I tipped the Ruse to knock off the Crows in the prelims. I'm going to stick to that, okay? And I, and I have to stick to that because I already put it out there for the footy world to hear. So I'm still sticking to that. I might be wrong now, but I, I have to stick to that because that's what I put out there. And of course, uh, you know, we get into the uh, the last game of the round because we only had six games this round, and that was the Dockers and the Giants. And first off, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't give a huge shout out to Ann McMahon of Fremantle. She played her debut match uh, against GWS after two years of rehabilitation from uh, a serious accident. Uh, she was hit by a car working as a police officer. Um, she broke one of her legs and had an ACL tear in the other one. So it's taken her two years to get back out on the ground. So good on you, Officer McMahon. It is fantastic see, to see you out there. And you got your 
yourself a goal, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you did get a goal this game. So Fremantle is just, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I was wrong about them. I tipped them seventh. And of course, as you know, in the women's comp, only the top six get in. I have them in looking from the outside in. I think I was wrong about that. Okay. Uh, you know, there was a fantastic play in the second quarter from Gemma Houghton. Uh, it was part of a three-goal barrage that they had in four minutes. Again, this is the kind of action that that footy supporters, footy fans have been clamoring for from the women's comp when we hear the, you know, though there's not enough scoring. This is the kind of stuff that they want to see happening. So hopefully they recognize it. Hopefully they acknowledge it and say, good on you. Hopefully they come back out to, to, to watch the next game. Maybe whether they're showing up in the crowd to watch a game or whether they're watching it on television or they're, they're, you know, they're taking their daughters or their granddaughters or whatever you know, to the game or sitting down with them to watch. You know, good on them for playing as well as they have. And hopefully, like I said, those people who've kind of been sticks in the mud about the women's game, hopefully they're starting to come around because that Eagles-Suns matchup, the performance by the Dockers this weekend, were just prime examples of why the women's comp is getting better year on year, round on round, I would argue as well. Okay. Um, you know, Houghton, you know, had a ball that was getting close to goal. She batted it back out into play, you know, had it, you know, deflected away. She picked it up for a quick snap goal, just, you know, an absolutely heads up play. And it was one hell of a kick on her part as well. Uh, it was impressive as all get out. And Kira Bowers, you know, we know what we expect from her. We know what she typically is doing, but she crushed a barrel from just outside of 50 meters and it ended up bouncing through. Uh, just a you know a, a long kick and as she said post game she during the little post game interview she said she she generally can't kick the ball that far but thankfully the wind was behind her and helped it get get there. Now the Dockers scored 17 different times between goals and behinds. You know Bowers she followed up her 14 uh, tackles from the first round with a dozen in uh, in round two. The Giants uh, Cora Staunton the 40 year old you know super athlete. Scored two goals. Alicia Eva had 26 disposals. And, 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 and I just have to say it. Fremantle, I get it. Okay? I tip you to finish seventh. You convinced me that I was flat out wrong. And, and I'm beginning to think, and, and maybe this is, you know, this is uh, referring and, you know, kind of tying back to an old um, Monty Python's Flying Circus sketch where they were trying to design a, uh, a block of flats. Uh, and so I'm going to kind of paraphrase that a little bit. I, I've, I've kind of come to the realization that when you got to go face the Dockers and play them in a game, it's like taking a summer stroll through an abattoir. It just, it's not going to end well. It's going to get ugly. And, uh, you know, the Giants are a good side. They're a good quality club. But good grief are these Dockers phenomenal. I, I You know, I, I would love to go back and, and redo my preview and say, hey, guess what? I'm going to tip them to finish at the top of the ladder. Now, something may happen where they drop off a little bit, but right now, you've got to think that this might be the club to beat. And again, we haven't seen Brisbane in two weeks, and Adelaide's been very solid, of course, so have the D's and so have the Magpies. But this is just such an aggressive group, and it just and uh, they're fun to watch. And we'll see how things go over the next three weeks while they're while they're you know away from home. Because again, this is going to be a tough situation for them to uh, to have to spend that time in Victoria and playing the next three rounds there. 
So this round, you know, like I said, with the performance of the Eagles and Suns, uh, the D's, the Crows, and the Magpies, this this made one heck of a great round of footy. And I, I'm just I, if you're not watching, check it out, check it out. I I know that uh, I know that it's competing with with other contests. I know that it's competing with uh, with cricket. And again, I won't pretend to know. I know the Ashes, I believe, just finished up, and England went home with their tail tucked between their legs from what I've seen on social media. So, yeah, But I don't know all the other. The, the Big Bash League, I believe, is going on right now. I think the NBL is playing right now as well, if I'm not mistaken. So there's a lot of – there are a lot of other things competing for the eyes of footy fans. And, again, that's maybe one of the, the, the drawbacks of the women's game being played now. Of course, I think, you know, if – and this is, a, and I heard a discussion on the Inner Sanctum. It was a great episode, you know, talking about you know the the women's comp, you know, playing you know at a time where maybe the grounds were a lot firmer and a lot harder than they should be, that sort of thing. I I don't know how it works if they try to play them simultaneously with the men's comp. Yeah, I I would certainly try to watch both, but I don't know how many other people would do that. And I, and and that's unfortunate. So again, I'm not I'm not I'm not uh, I don't know I don't know I'm uh, I'm just enjoying the women's comp right now. And again, I'm not I know it's hot. I know it's humid in a lot of places. I'm glad they've got an opportunity to be playing. Uh, I'd love to see this you know this, the schedule grow. Hopefully, it will when the the next four sides come in. You know, hopefully they get the opportunity to become full-time players if they choose to. Uh, maybe that's what, one of the positives that comes out of this new deal that they've just signed. Who knows? But let's get into the tips for round three. And again, uh, these, of course, are subject to change uh, if the fixtures change. So the first game this weekend, Geelong and Collingwood. And the, as I've said, the Cats have played some pretty solid defensive footy. And they've grown their skills in the midfield. Unfortunately, it's still not leading to... A whole lot of scoring opportunities. They need to find more people that can score goals for them. You know, the Pies are likely to get Chloe Malloy back. Uh, Steph Chiachi is probably going to be back this week as well. I think the Cats will keep this relatively close. But the Magpies, they've just got too much firepower for Geelong right now. I've got Collingwood winning this one by 11 points. And the West Coast Eagles are facing off against the Adelaide Crows. And I think the Eagles, you know, grew quite a bit in their matchup with the Suns, even though they didn't win, but Adelaide is not Gold Coast. Adelaide is a better side than the Suns. And I think the Crows win this one easily by 13 points. And then we get to Melbourne and St. Kilda. Now the D's, they flex their muscles in the uh, latter latter part of the game against the the Tigers. And I think that's going to continue... Uh, against the growing Saints, uh, Nick Del Santo should be back in the side, you know, helping to coach this week. I've got the D's winning this one by 17 points. Then we get to Richmond and Fremantle. And, you know, Richmond is going to kind of be, I don't want to say sky high, but they've got to be thinking good thoughts because they played a pretty good contest. But they're now, you know, they're now playing a really tough team. And if you, like I said, if you go back and you look, statistically the Tigers went toe-to-toe with the D's except for what was on the scoreboard. Everything else matched up pretty closely. Now, if they do that again, might we see an upset? Maybe, but I don't think so. I've got the Dockers winning this one by 13 points. And speaking of 13, what the hell? Let's go ahead and say Kira Bowers is going to go ahead and continue her average of 13 tackles a game. She's going to have 13 tackles this round as well. 
Now we head on to the Queensland matchup for the weekend. Gold Coast and Brisbane. And the Suns, they're coming into this game with a lot of confidence. They played a great fourth quarter. They're they're excited. They're they're thrilled about way thing the way things went. Hopefully that doesn't lead to a letdown. You know, the defending premiers are not going to be in a very good mood. They've had two weeks to stew on that loss. That, let's be honest, an embarrassing loss. They scored nine points against the Crows. Nine points. Okay. They've had a couple weeks to, uh, you know, to get themselves uh, ready to play this game. And while I think that they're going to be able to compete against the Lions a little bit, I do think Brisbane's going to win this one by a couple of goals. So I've got Brisbane winning this one by 12 points. And then we get to the last game of the round, hopefully. Uh, hopefully we get to all seven games. That's North Melbourne and GWS. Now, the Ruse, they played a very good, solid game against a good team last week. GWS played well, but you know, I'm not sure if there's anyone playing at the Dockers level this moment. Even the other three teams that are undefeated. Maybe the closest one that closest ones that are might be Adelaide and, and Melbourne. Maybe. Yeah, I think the Ruse get back to their winning ways here though and secure this one, uh, secure the four points in this one by winning it by eleven points. Now I didn't mention this last week, you know, but going back to my my tips, I went five and zero oh this round. And and had I known that Carlton was going to end up playing the Cats, I would have tipped Carlton in that game. I can't take credit for it because I didn't I didn't put it out there. But the previous week I went six and one, uh, missing out on the grand final rematch. So, thir- or excuse me, eleven and one so far this year. Not all bad. You know, if you haven't checked out a women's game yet and you're you're skeptical. Hopefully you'll consider taking a peek. Okay, yeah. I, you know, watch a club like Adelaide or Melbourne or Fremantle, and just you know see the activity that's out there. You know, it's. Uh, I heard somebody make a great analogy during one of the games that it was uh, that the game used to be like you know seagulls chasing after a chip. And I'm, and I know we're talking about my equivalent of a French fry here. Uh, but I don't think that's much that way anymore. I think, you know, the game has gotten smoother. Now, there, there, of course, there are hiccups, but it's, it's, becoming, it's becoming a better game, like I said, year on year, round on round. It's, it's improving. It's getting better. The players, you know, who have come in from, um, from myriad different directions, different countries, different comps, different games, are getting better accustomed at this game, and it's becoming more natural to people who are new to the game. So I'm, I'm excited to see where this season goes because it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. So ladies and gents, don't forget that you can find everything related to the podcast over at my website, yankonthefooty.com. I'd love to hear what your thoughts were. Uh, I tossed that out there a little while ago about the uh, possibility of moving the arc into 40 meters for the women's game. I mean, you could certainly do that. You could spray that. And then if you had to have a men's co- men's game there, Afterward or something, you could hit it with some green paint and cover it up. That's not a big deal. I mean, they do that when they change the uh, sponsor logos out on the ground anyway. Like I said, I hope you'll consider checking it out. You can leave me a voicemail there. You can share your views on an issue uh, from a previous round. If you've got a question you want to ask me, uh, I'll answer that on an upcoming episode. And again, you can also get on the mailing list there. And I've got about 70 people on the mailing list. I'd love to have that list explode so when a new episode comes out, you have it in your inbox as soon as it gets published. That'd be fantastic if I was able to do that. 
If you like the show and you want to consider helping it out, uh, check out my Buy Me a Coffee page. There's a little button in the bottom left-hand corner of the website. Also, if you want to check out some of the, the podcast gear over on the Redbubble page, I've got that linked up at the top as well. Now, again, I'm also, I want to mention this again, I'm looking for um, guests to come on to talk about their favorite clubs uh, offseason in the AFL. I tried to do this with the AFLW, did not gain a lot of traction. I will definitely do it again next year uh, because I think these these interviews are fun. I, I, I got to, I believe, 13 of the clubs last year. I have about five or six of them lined up right now, and I can certainly talk to multiple people about their club. I have no problem with that. But if you're interested in coming on the podcast to talk about your favorite club, head on over to my website at yankonthefooty.com and click on the guest intake button up at the top. And it'll give you a link there where you can uh, fill out some information. Uh, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Or you, like I said, you can just go directly to my website. And now that you've listened, I hope that you'll consider leaving me a five-star review or a, a review of your choice at your favorite uh, host, um, whether it be Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can actually do that right from the website as well. Up at the top button, at the top there's a button for reviews where you can click on that. And it will t- if you listen to... The podcasts say on Google Play or on Stitcher, which is where I listen to my podcast. You can't really leave reviews there, but you can go click on that, and you can you can link it to uh, I believe it's linked right now to Spotify and to Apple Podcasts, and you can go ahead and leave a uh, a review there. And those reviews help to trigger the algorithm, and then you know when people are looking for something related to the AFL or football or something like that, it'll show up in their Google search, and it'll show up in the Apple Podcast search to help uh, get the uh, the show in front of more ears. Okay. So if you want to do that, that'd be fantastic. I would greatly appreciate it. Now, everybody, I want to thank you for listening. Yeah. We're fans of our clubs. We're just about two months away from the start of the men's comp, but we've got a great women's comp that is in, in full flight right now. I, uh, I believe this is the pride round coming up this next week. Uh, so they'll be wearing their, their pride round uh, jumpers and I'm sure socks, that sort of thing as well. I'm looking for another fantastic round of footy with some, some, some great games. I can't wait to watch the, the Dockers play again. They're not my club, but they've become kind of must-see TV. you got to watch them play. So I hope you'll consider uh, you know, sharing a link to the podcast or your favorite episode with your friends and family. Tell them about it. If, if you like the show, you know, tell them, hey, there's this crazy American who, who loves our game. And tell them where to find it. That, that would be, be so fantastic if you were able to do that. And as always, folks, as I close out, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 121 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or to yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at A Yank on the Footy, and I hope you'll check out my website, ayankonthefooty.com. I'd love to hear from you. I love engaging with the listeners of the show and, and footy fans because I learn so much from you. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, goodbye.